The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Rev. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Today we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. I've start, I'm starting a new series I'm calling Keys to the Kingdom. Keys to the Kingdom. And the Keys to the Kingdom will only talk about what we now call the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to take it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. For those who aren't familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, it is chapters 5, 6, 7 in the Gospel of Matthew. And in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the Sermon on the Mount really gives a grand overview of the teachings of Jesus. What was Jesus about? What was his teachings about? I think when you get into the Sermon on the Mount, you can really pull out the core of his teachings. You know, uh, a friend of the of uh, Christ Universal Temple who was on the show last month, Dr. Rocco Erico, calls the Sermon on the Mount the constitution of the kingdom of God. And what it does is through Matthew chapters five through seven gives us the opportunity to perceive how the presence and power of God works through us and, and the different type of thinking that is required to do it. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go through the uh, a general overview of the Sermon on the Mount and I'm going to explain the first four Beatitudes. Again, today I'm going to give a general overview about the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to deal with the metaphysics of it all, et cetera, et cetera. But I do want to make sure that you know that for the rest of the year, all the way up until the last show of this year, before we go on our quick Christmas break, only thing we're going to be talking about is the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings, and how we can practically apply the teachings of Jesus in our life. So why? So we can transform ourselves first. Because when we transform ourselves, then we can be transformation agents to the world. Now, let me give you a little background on the Sermon on the Mount before we get into the metaphysics of it. The Sermon on the Mount is a collection of sayings attributed to Jesus the Christ found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. Modern scholars do not believe that Jesus taught all these aphorisms or short statements in one setting. 
Most likely, it is a collection of sayings from different times told to different people orally and written down collectively many years later. Matthew is also the most is one of the most Jewish gospels. Matter of fact, you can almost basically tell he's probably a Greek speaking Jew. Now, this means also that the Matthew who walked and talked with Jesus that was considered a disciple is most likely not the author of the gospel of Matthew. Matter of fact, all of the gospels are anonymous. We gave them names later, but in all actuality, there's nothing that actually says this is the gospel according to Matthew in the text. That's the tradition. The gospel of Matthew was written most likely around 80 uh, AD or some people say CE, the common era. And Jesus's crucifixion was around 30 AD or CE, which means there's a 50 year gap. So a person that was an adult and in those times walking with Jesus and being around 50 years later, not that I'm saying it's impossible, but again, in those days, people didn't have the lifespans that we have now. Um, normally, the people who were more well off and who did not live uh, such hard lives with hard manual labor, they lived tended to live longer. But in general, uh, the people who were part of the poverty class did not live as long. Anyway, and besides the fact that Jesus and his disciples were Aramaic-speaking Jews, and the gospel of Matthew is written in Greek. Anyway, what the Gospel of Matthew is presenting, especially with the Sermon on the Mount, is presenting Jesus as a new and greater Moses. Just as Moses went to up to Mount Sinai to receive the law, Jesus goes up on the mountain to give the new law. The way it is structured is even structured like the Old Testament. Uh, Torah or the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses. So it's a lot of subtleties within the Gospel of Matthew that I'm not going to get in detail with today. But if you want more information about that, you can email my show or contact my Facebook page at Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Send me an inbox message and I can give you some book references or CD references and you can look up that stuff on your own. Now. It's a couple of things that I also want to cover metaphysically. First, anytime you start talking about the Bible and Bible stories, we always have to remember that every story, every character, every place in the Bible represents different aspects of consciousness. Jesus, in this context, represents the Christ mind or Christ consciousness or spiritual awareness interacting with different aspects of consciousness. Just as we, just as the Twelve apostles represent 12 spiritual faculties inherent in the soul. These crowds in the Bible represent different thoughts, feelings, beliefs, attitudes, and memories and consciousness. And we always have to remember that a mountain biblically always represents a high state of spiritual consciousness. When you go up on the mountain, you're going up to a high state of consciousness. So Jesus going up to the mountain in the story is symbolic of that which is about to be said is state is being stated from the Christ mind from an awareness of a high level of consciousness. Also, the study of the Sermon on the Mount will teach us the essential principles needed to transform from human consciousness, human ways of thinking, human ways of believing to spiritual consciousness. And as we practice these principles, the practice of them helps shift our perception and gives us new meaning in our lives. Now, so let's start off with how it the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount begins. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. It says, that Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them. So let me stop again. So part of this process is the realization that this is happening on a mountain. And again, this is the Christ mind. This is the indwelling spirit. This is that that spiritual consciousness within you training and developing the different aspects of your soul. How do we do this? How do we apply this practically? This means when you become still. Allow yourself to lift up in consciousness, then that which is within your soul that is coming from the higher spiritual place 
can begin to instruct, can begin to lead, can begin to heal, can begin to unite, can begin to do the different things that are needed to bring forth what we call wholeness, to help evolve the consciousness to a realization of truth that will transform your life. So you have an opportunity to go up to the mountaintop. Anytime you become still, acknowledge the presence and power of God, acknowledge the omnipresence of God. God is the all and only presence. Acknowledge God as omniscience. God is the all and only wisdom and intelligence. Acknowledge God as omnipotence. God is the all and only power. When we take our thinking and take our attention off of what we've been looking at, which has not served our purpose, and take our attention away from duality thinking, which gets us mixed results, and put our attention, what, are, what do I mean by that? Start to think about the goodness of God in any experience. And I know sometimes that can be challenging. But as we turn within with prayer, with meditation, with sitting in the silence, with individual reflection and introspection, what that does is it starts to lift the consciousness up. And when we get to a certain place in consciousness, it allows the soul to listen. See, many times people say, well, you know, why doesn't God communicate to people like he, she, it did in biblical days, depending on your culture, Bible or Quran or or the Torah or whatever the different religious backgrounds you might have. I would say that God is always communicating, but we're not always listening. And when I say communicate, it doesn't mean that you'll hear a, a, a booming voice like what was given to Charlton Heston in the movie Ten Commandments. Or you, I'm not saying you'll see a burning bush. I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm saying is God will communicate to you in a way that you can understand it. And let me be clear when I say this. The only God that you meet is the God within your own soul. So, yes, God is omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience. But the point you are a point of awareness within the omniscience, within the omnipresence, within the omnipotence. So where you meet God is right where you're at, within your own soul, within your own consciousness, within the activity of your own mind. So we have to be willing to go to the mountaintop first if we want to be instructed. See, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I willing to do the work? The inner work necessary so that I can make sure that I am in tune with my indwelling Christ presence. Because it's so easy to become distracted by the things that are showing up. Facts happen. Bills, health issues, you know, concerns. You know, yesterday we had an election. There are some people who are elated. There are some people who are disgusted. We allow so many things to steal our peace. But when it's all said and done, we have to be responsible for our own peace by making sure that we're spending time on the mountain in consciousness. So, so as you study this Sermon on the Mount, don't miss the first initial clue. Am I spending time in prayer? Do I have a prayer life? See, some people pray. And then some people have a prayer life. What is a prayer life? What do I mean when I say that? Life is the idea of activity or animation. That means it's something that's being done. It's motion. It's something that's active. Therefore, if I say I have a prayer life, that means it is integrated into what I do and who I am. So, do I take out time daily to pray and listen? Do I take out time daily to pray 
and listen. Because we have to be careful that we don't think that we can run our own lives with our own limited intellectual understanding. There are things we just don't know. There are things that we don't know how to handle. And without the realization of the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient God within the soul, we can run on empty. So take the time, first of all, to put on your calendar prayer time. Where you don't answer the phone. Where you don't check emails. Where you don't listen to and watch TV. Take time daily. Daily. And give yourself an opportunity to pray. To do a little reading. To do a little reflecting. Some people journal. All those things are good. But if you're going to journal and you're going to reflect and you're going to read, make time, make sure you have time to pray and listen. Because every time you pray and listen, you're taking yourself from the planes of consciousness. In other words, plain thinking, regular thinking to mountaintop thinking, which is prayer, which is meditation, which is sitting in the silence. That's where we receive the guidance from God to do the things that we need to do. Now, here's the key when we start talking about the Sermon on the Mount because it's keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not an after-death place. It's a state of awareness. It's a state of consciousness. Literally, literally. People translated it, and our friend Dr. Rocco Erico translates it as God's sovereign rule or sovereign counsel. It can, be, it can be said idiomatically to be the presence of God. Some people in the Greeks talk about the kingdom of God being God's rule or God's domain. The issue that I'm trying to or the point that I'm trying to get across is this is the inner work that we have to do before we start studying the Sermon on the Mount. Let's get the first key. The first key is. I have to take time to be still and know that I am God. And what do I mean when I say that? That means be still and know that God indwells you in you, through you, as you. And God is not in you like a raisin is in a bun. God is in you like wet is in water. That's the difference. So we have to make sure that we understand that first. Now, I want to remind you, even though I'll be teaching, I want to make sure that if you have questions, you can call me. Again, I'm doing this series for the rest of the whole year. So, you know, I can take my time. Matter of fact, even if I want to go into the new year, I can do that as well. I'm going to take my time. But what I do want to do is give you the number that you can call, which is 888 888- Five five eight six four eight nine eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. Also, remember that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations, your love offerings, your financial gifts. So please give as you have received, so you can continue. Getting this powerful show and others like it and others will have the opportunity to listen to this show to or others like it so others can be can receive this new thought message because it's important to the transformation of consciousness, which means the transformation of the world. We have a blessed responsibility and I'm asking you for your support. Now, one other thing. Before we go on break, I just want to just take a moment just to bless all of the nation as it went through this political cycle. I'm not talking about who won and who lost. 
We want to bless the nation to be able to go forward because we're all in this together. And we have to continually pray for the leaders in our local areas, mayors, congressmen, senators, et cetera, as as well as the president and the executive branch of government. Why? Because it's important because they because they reflect us. And that doesn't mean even if you're working to get somebody out of office, which is your prerogative, make sure that you do it in the consciousness of wholeness and the consciousness of love because you never want to devalue yourself to win. Now, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. here to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness and her co-authors have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question, Who have I come here to be? Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. What a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I want to remind you yet again that you can call into the show if you have any questions. You can call in to 888-558-6489-888-558-6489. Now... I want to go on to the next verse in the Sermon on the Mount, which starts at, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when people read this, sometimes people have a tendency to think that this is talking about poverty, but it, but it doesn't. 
And it doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't have a lot now, you'll get the reward of an afterlife of, of God or living with God. Jesus was very practical in his teaching. He was giving people lessons that statements that they could use on the spot to transform their lives. So what does this mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit means blessed are the poor in pride or the humble. It means to be humble, teachable, and not egotistical. This is an attitude toward God. So again, blessed. Now, one of the things about Jesus that's beautiful is he he isn't giving us a list of do's and don'ts. Jesus is saying you will be blessed if you incorporate these states of mind in your consciousness. So blessed, another way of saying blessed is delighted. Delighted are the poor and pride. Delighted are the ones who are not egotistical. Delighted are the humble. Blessed are the teachable. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven, again, is is the presence and power of God. In metaphysics, we say God's uh, the, the realm of divine ideas, which means that that all the ideas of good are accessible to an individual, the ideas of life and power and wisdom and substance. But we have to be humble to it, to be open and receptive to it so it can show its secrets to us. One of the things that the founder, the founder minister of Christ Universal Temple, the retired uh, Reverend Johnny Coleman, used to always tell us is God answers prayers with ideas. God answers prayers with ideas. See, we expect the, the car to fall through the ceiling. But it's normally an idea. It's normally a concept. It's normally something that's connected to a state of awareness, to an idea that brings us the provision that we need. So what's important for us to realize is that it is the humble mind, the mind that's not puffed up in the in the in the mindset of thinking that it in and of itself is sufficient. It is the realization that we need spirit, we need God, we need God's wisdom, God's intelligence, God's life literally even to breathe and have activity in our minds when we really realize what it means to be poor in spirit then the activity of god some people call that the holy spirit moves through the consciousness and through people's lives to transform to heal to overcome to prosper see but we activate that power through our humility we realize there's no reason for me to be puffed up because it's all about God. And when I say there's no need to be puffed up, that means that I can't get caught up in thinking that my humanity is self-sufficient. It's not. My humanity is limited. It only knows so much. It only handles so much. But the spirit within me is unlimited. The spirit within me is eternal. The spirit within me is permanent and unchangeable. But the human me is temporal. I like this today. I don't like that tomorrow. Look this way 10 years ago. I look another way now. You know, I have to pluck the couple of gray strands out of my beard now. A couple of years ago, they weren't there. Because what? The body changes. The human personality changes. Facts change, but God remains the same. We have to remember that. God always remains the same. So we need to learn how to be poor in spirit or poor in pride, humble, teachable. So God within us can teach and instruct us and guide us into prosperity, wholeness, healing, joy, and all the good fruits of spirit.
The next beatitude is blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That's Matthew chapter five, verse four. See, this doesn't mean be sad for sad's sake. What this is simply saying is sometimes we go through tough times to wake up to the lesson or the lessons. Many times it is our ordeals that make us wake up and turn to God. So what Jesus is giving us is the opportunity to see that we can come to the realization of God in more than one way. We can become humble and poor in spirit and poor in pride or however you want to say that and then receive this spiritual awakening, awakening and realization. Or we can take the more challenging path of doing it on our own, bumping our heads against the wall, i.e. mourning, and then realize that once we give up and surrender, then we'll be comforted. What does surrender mean? Meaning, okay, I've been through it. I realize that I've made the mistakes. I realize that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm surrendering to the process of knowing that God and God alone is in charge of my life. God is in charge of my mouth. God is in charge of my hands. And I only want to see what God wants me to see, say what God wants me to say, and do what God wants me to do. And in that surrendering, the presence and power of God transforms the space. And we're comforted. So so realize that even if you're going through going through right now there's still a way out yes mistakes might have been made yes poor decisions might have been made yes if you had some of the things to do over again you would do them differently but you know what forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past it is what it is but you can say today that the love of God has comforted me and I no longer have to walk around with the pain of mistakes or what somebody else did to me. I don't have to be a victim of circumstance. I can be a, a victor over life. Because when we shift our perception and realize that the comforting power of God is always there, we no longer have to be slaves to our past. And I, whether that's our mistakes, our past relationships, our jobs, our careers, our family situations and experiences, or mad at the, 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 the local government or, or mad at religion or sometimes people are just mad at God. For whatever the reason why you're mad, angry, frustrated, disappointed, whatever, realize that right here and right now comfort is available to you. Comfort is available to you but you got to turn to it you don't have to walk around upset mad frustrated or any negative thing toward your life or life in general sometimes it's that tough thing that you went through that made you say never again God I'll never go through anything like that. I'll never allow myself to be treated like that. I'll never have a situation like this. You know, it reminds me of the the preacher, uh, Dr. Leroy Thompson. He's a Pentecostal uh, Word of Faith minister down south in down south United States. I believe in Louisiana. And he said in a lesson in a, writing a book about it, where he said, I'll never be broke another day in my life and it hit him to a place in a place where it became such a subconscious conviction that he has massive prosperity but he had to prosper some people have to have peace some people have to be sober some people have to stay off of drugs. Why? Because they've gotten to a place in their soul where they've gone through the tough times and it made them realize that that's not the life they want. And when you realize that it's not the life you want, 
then you have to know when you turn to God, you will be comforted. I hope that comes across. Next beatitude, which is the in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, most of the time when people hear meek, they think of weak. People think of doormat. People think uh, about folks who don't speak up for themselves. That's not what it means. Meekness is an attitude that is non-resistant to the flow of God in your life. The people who are meek to God have dominion over their life, world, and affairs. Metaphysically, earth always means manifestation. So, the people who are non-resistant to the flow of God in their lives have dominion or they inherit inherit dominion over their manifestations. So in other words, when you're in the flow of God, the manifestations that are showing up are consistent with the nature of God, which is absolute good. But let's take this to the deeper. Jesus was able to stand before Pontius Pilate and say, you couldn't have any power over me unless it was given to you by my father. Because he knew who he was. See, many times the reason why we feel as though we have to say things a certain way and do things a certain way that are what would be considered outwardly aggressive. Many times it's because we don't know who we are. And we have to prove to somebody else who we are. But if you got to prove it to them, then you don't know it yourself because all you have to do is be who you are. You don't have to prove it. You just be it and do what you do. Or as the kids would say, do you. Because when you do you, it shows up authentically. But when you have to prove to someone else who you are. That's what Jesus said, you know, when you go into the room, don't you don't have to uh don't go to the up to the front of the table, sit in the back, and you'll be called to the front of the table. Which reminds me of a story of a CEO when it, when he came to a boardroom and he didn't sit at the head of the table and one of his board members said Excuse me, sir, you're the CEO and president of the board. You're supposed to sit at the head of the table. And he told his director, wherever I sit is the head of the table. See, that's the that's a consciousness of knowing who you are. See, when you know who you are, you don't have to be a showboat. Just do you. You can you can be non-resistant to the flow of God in your life. But you can also be in a position of not being disturbed when people decide to show up the way they decide to show up. That has nothing to do with your peace. A person can be sitting up, jumping up and down, clowning in front of you. If you don't give it power, then guess what? They'll go bother somebody else. See, but the thing about it is when people bring stuff to us, we're quick to engage because we don't understand meekness. Being non-resistant does not mean weakness. It just means that you know that your job is to keep your consciousness in the direction that you're going. And either you're the way of God or you're in the way of God, as uh, Reverend Gary Simmons says. So we have to be careful that we don't allow resistance to come up in consciousness. Now, let me just say this. Be careful of what gives you resistance. When stuff comes up and you start feeling resistance, know what that resistance is. Sometimes resistance is something is coming up and it's trying to get you to do something that's against your integrity, against your principles. That's good resistance. That's saying, you know what? That doesn't make sense. I don't supposed to be doing that. But then there's the resistance that shows up as fear, the resistance that shows up as anger, the resistance that shows up as frustration, the resistance that shows up as bias, the resistance that shows up as prejudice, the resistance that shows up as as anxiety. See, when that stuff comes up, you can feel it in your body. Not just it's not just a mental emotional thing. You really feel it. So be careful that you're not allowing resistance to keep you from your blessings 
Make sure that you do not allow resistance to keep you from your blessings. Be in the space of non-resistance so you can be in the flow of God because even if though even though it might be people who try to crucify you, always know that God is in the resurrecting business. God is in the resurrecting business. God is in the resurrecting business. Now, before we go on to the uh, next two Beatitudes after the break, I do want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple does live stream every Sunday service from 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time at www.cutemple.org, www.cutemple.org. You can watch the live stream. Here our senior minister, the Reverend Derek B. Wells, preach. Listen to the magnificent choir and become a part of the worship experience and become a virtual, virtual congregant. If you're in the area, please stop by and check us out. We would love to see you. Let me know that you're in the house and that you listen to this show. I'm always here. Also, we have Wednesday evening service, Bible 365. And we're doing the book of Revel- uh, Genesis all the way to the book of Revelations, major narratives. Come out, check us out. You want to get a good metaphysical lesson. So don't forget to give us a call at 888-558-6489 if you have any questions. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her guest on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how you can activate your own power of yes. Using affirmative prayer, or positive intention, can make a big difference in the way you think, feel, and live. If you want help moving from chaos to clarity in relationships, health, prosperity, or work, this is the place for you. We'll have some how-to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon central or 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Your host, Galen McDowell, and today we are beginning a new series called Keys to the Kingdom. And Keys to the Kingdom is based upon the Sermon on the Mount, which is a collection of sayings of Jesus found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. Today I'm doing an overview of the Sermon on the Mount along with the first four B attitudes. So if you have any questions, again, you can call me if you want more details or, or books that you can study on your own. Contact me. You can email me. They give the email address on the show. And you can contact my Facebook page, which I've said before, Reverend uh, Truth Transforms, Reverend Galen McDowell. Anyway, so moving on to the next beatitude, which is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
for they will be filled. Now, when you want your life to change and be transformed enough, it will happen. You must be hungry for the realization of truth in your life. See, when you hunger and thirst for something, see, a lot of times, oh, I'm hungry, oh, I'm starving. But, you know, not a lot of people, at least in the United States, really know what it means to starve and to thirst. I mean, to the point to where your body has to have food, has to have water. See, because that means that everything in you is trying to get food. Everything in you is trying to get water. Now, when the soul is at a place that it seeks the righteousness of God, and righteousness has nothing to do with morality. I don't want you getting into that. Righteousness from the standpoint of metaphysics is thinking and, align, thinking and feeling in alignment with principle. It's seeking the presence of God. It's seeking the mystery of God, the mysticism of God, the wholeness of God, the love of God, the grace of God. When you hunger and thirst for that, to for that new awakening and awareness in God, you will be filled. You will be filled. But you got to want it. As my friend Les Brown says, the motivator, Les Brown, you got to be hungry. You got to want it. You got to want your healing. So bad that you hunger and thirst for it. All you think, talk, and do is consistent with your healing. You got to want your success. You got to want your prosperity. You got to want your life to work. You got to want your family to be harmonious. You got to want the relationship to work. You got to want to get out of it if it don't, if it doesn't work. But whatever it is that you seek, you got to hunger and thirst for it. You can't be lukewarm towards your good. It's all out. 100%. And if you really are honest with yourself, anytime you've ever been 100% committed to anything, you've done it. When you've been all in, I'm going to do this no matter what. And like Jacob, when he was wrestling with God in Genesis, according to the story, he said, he, at the time, he didn't know it was, a, he thought he was wrestling with a man. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let this idea of my healing go. I'm not going to let the idea of my harmony go. I'm not going to let the idea of my success go. I'm not going to let the idea of my, of my prosperous business go. I'm not going to let the idea of me having a great relationship with my family, children, spouse, parents, siblings, or whatever go until it blesses me. I'm not going to let the concept that my life can be transformed completely go until it blesses me. We have to be in the space of being completely committed to our own growth. Are you committed to it? Committed enough to 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 pray when you could be gossiping? Are you committed enough to be studying when you could be watching TV? Are you committed enough to be at the class when you could be at the club? Are you committed? Are you committed? Are you committed enough to meditate when you could be arguing? Are you committed enough to forgive instead of holding on to grudges? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. Now, just as a sidebar on this one beatitude, you can also translate this word to mean justice. Justice. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be filled. Now, that gives it a different connotation. Why is that important? If I'm in a space of wholeness, I want other people to be able to be in that space with me. 
see many times when things don't directly affect us we say oh we put our hands up well that don't have anything to do with me but you know what Somebody stood in the gap for you to be where you're at today. Somebody helped you along. Somebody mentored you. Somebody blessed you. Somebody gave you a helping hand. Justice just means that you want to see love and harmony and progress and integrity in any situation. You want to see people doing right by people. Be the space of justice in your own life. See, this would have been important to people in Jesus' day because they had a they were a part of an agricultural domination system, and you can look that up if you know, because I don't have time to explain what all that means. But they were be they were an agricultural domination system under an imperial domination system. In other words, Rome was in control over their local agricultural domination system, which meant that you had Rome, you had all of the people with massive uh uh wealth and opportunity and then agricultural people who own land and many ways stole land from people and families etc and didn't follow the jewish law about how that's all that's supposed to be processed and handled and then you had a massive poverty class no middle class there's no such thing jesus would have never even known what a middle class was or is so what this is saying is simply this when we see the things in our own lives that are not in harmony with justice, peace, and divine order, we have to be the stand of integrity to make sure that they're transformed. Part of a civil duty of any nation, a citizen of any nation, is to make sure you vote because you want to see justice stand up. Now, one of the things about about politics without getting political that, that I think that people who are who walk the path of spirituality we're all spiritual we just don't know it walk the, consciously walk the path of spirituality is as I said earlier don't try to win at all costs even when you know that lies are being promoted if you gotta win if you gotta win righteousness and justice through, li- through lies deceit and misdirection then you become the problem see Justice says that I'm going to stand up. I live in in the Chicagoland area. I'm going to be a space of healing and wholeness so people can walk the streets safely with their children. And I'm going to hold uh, uh, myself accountable to be that space, not only by voting or holding the local authorities or by calling the police when you see stuff that's that's not going on, but being the space in, of placing consciousness and prayer that when I that I actually pray for my neighbors, pray for my block, pray and cover the kids in the neighborhoods as they go back and forth and pray for those kids and people right now who might not be awakened to their true potential. Do I hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do I want to see justice for all people? Do I want to make sure that everybody has an equal shot and an equal chance that, that anything that they deserve by right of consciousness is not trying to be impeded by nonsense now we believe that consciousness wins the day in new thought but you know what why should we make we have to make sure that we're the space that allows people to be able to step on our accomplishments and go forward blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice for you will be filled now with that we only have about a minute and a half left on the show so i'm going to end the teaching of the sermon on the mount here to remind you that again this station is supported by your gifts your donations and we love you we want you to listen we want you to tell friends so tell somebody else let somebody know that this show will be teaching the sermon on the mount for the next two months possibly longer getting deeply into the teachings of jesus and how we can apply them in our lives in a practical way let people know Send the link. Put the link on your Facebook page and let people know about it. Go on to the Unity FM page. Find my page. Put the link directly up there Put so people can have an opportunity to hear it. Because, again, we're being a space of righteousness and justice in the world. And we never know who might hear it. We never know who might be transformed through a message like this. So be that space for somebody. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. 
email folks, not because of me, but because you'll be in the space of transformation in your world. We love you. Keep listening. We're going to go deeply, as I said, line by line. We're going to work with this truth, and we're going to transform our space because God has empowered us to do it. We're going to go forward in, in love, in peace, in authority, and dominion. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, and her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan, show you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week, they'll entertain you with the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you, who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Their guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary. Topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. 
on the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tollison. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.